Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms No Fluff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Moms No Fluff, the podcast where we talk about all things related to parenting children with disabilities. I'm Alma Schneider, and I'm here with my partner, Iris Meller. And we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, without you, we don't really have a podcast. So thank you to those who are listening all the time. If this is your first time listening in, welcome. And everyone, don't forget to give us a five-star rating and a review if you like what we're doing here, because we really want to reach everybody who needs to hear what we have to say and to contribute to this conversation. So Iris, good morning. Hello. Would you like to introduce our topic for today? Yes, yes. Hi, Alma. Um, for those of you who do not know, I just came back from an international trip. And while I'm dealing with the jet lag, I also want to share some of my wisdom about international air travel with kids with disabilities. And I know the holiday season is approaching and a lot of families are going to travel, whether it's a domestic or international. So uh, today we're going to discuss some aspects of uh, traveling with kids with disabilities. Uh, Alma, do you want to start or should I share a bit? Why don't you start because it's fresh in your mind from your travels. Yeah, yeah, it is. And <laughs> I want to say that uh, probably the first uh, kind of big portion of making an international or uh, air travel trip successful is the planning portion. And with that, I mean that uh, families should really consider thoroughly which company, which airline are they going to book their flights with? Because sometimes it's a, a matter of uh, the attitude and approach of an airline towards uh, traveling with people with disabilities. And some airlines have better policies than other and then others, for example, the bulkhead seats are supposed to be reserved for people with disabilities, but there are some airlines that would, uh, you know, just sell it to the <laughs> first person who would pay for a, an extra leg room. And then even if you are in a desperate need of that seat, you are at no luck. So uh, booking a specific airline is uh, something that you should consider. And in addition, um, check the seating arrangements. There are now seating charts of all the different airplanes and different models and the manufacturers uh, online. So you can see how the seat, um, seats are divided and what is the leg room or proximity to a toilet, depending on what your child needs. And then you can choose whatever fits you best and also see if the seats that fit you best are still available on such and such flight on such and such date or you should consider an alternative uh, date and time. So that's my first bit of information. All right. And I think that you said something very important, as you always do, <laughs> that preparation it is so important to plan, I think what you said, to plan ahead as opposed to, okay, we'll just get on a plane and we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see how things turn out. Not, not all of us have the luxury of doing that. And um, even if we think that we do, 
no matter what your situation is, it's always good to be prepared and plan. So my son does not have a physical disability, but there are a lot of people in our world, in our uh, disability community who have behavioral issues. And that might mean getting to a bathroom quickly um, to avoid, you know, escalating behavior, feeling scared or upset or nervous about about getting to the bathroom. So as much as possible, trying to get an aisle seat if possible, or if there's just whatever reason the child needs to walk around that you are not bothering other people, that people, um, you know, they might be asleep, you have to wake them up if you want to get into the aisle. So really trying to think the aisle seat for everyone is, um, you know, most people want the aisle, some people do want the window seat. But, um, and especially a child who wants to look out the window, they might want a window seat. So we really have to think about what's gonna be best for the child to be near the aisle or near the window. Definitely don't want to be in the middle unless both um, uh, family members or friends who are traveling with the child are on either side of the child uh, so that it, they won't be um, disrupting the trip for whoever is there. In addition, it's very important in our family to make sure that we have appropriate snacks in the uh, plane because the snacks that are for sale, usually there aren't any snacks on a plane anymore unless it's peanuts and that might be okay for you. But if it's not, um, having healthy snacks that are appropriate for your child uh, so that they don't get hungry. I know that if my child did not have the snack at the time, the designated snack time, there might be an issue. And I would never want to be in a position where I have to purchase something that is um, either incredibly expensive or really unhealthy. So planning the snacks is really, really important. Definitely planning to bring things that will occupy your child. Because even though, you know, it would be nice to live in a perfect world where everybody on the plane understands that, um, some children struggle and have behavioral issues. Typically, people on the plane are going to get annoyed if your child is screaming or, uh, you know, having a tantrum or just not occupied and being very, very loud. It would be nice if we lived in that perfect world where people were understanding, but they're probably not going to be because, uh, you know, as we all know from Facebook, where people uh, uh, take videos on planes of what happens, uh, people are not their best self sometimes when they're on a plane. So it's really important to have your child occupied with whatever that means, whether it's an iPad, a phone, a coloring book, um, anything that your child uses, books, just make sure you have those items. And I'll leave it at that for right now. Back to mm -hmm. you, Iris. Yeah, so I want to like uh, go back from the planning stage to actually dealing with the airport and the time that you spend in the airport, especially going through TSA. So for uh, those of you who have kids with disabilities, especially if it's an invisible disability and you need some more help and consideration from the TSA staff and crew, there is a way to contact TSA in advance before you actually uh, arrive at the airport and giving them a pre-notice that you'll be there at such and such date and time. And then they are supposed to, I don't know if they really do, uh, be a little bit more considerate and helpful. I would love to hear from our listeners if one of them tried this and if they got kind of a bit more compassion because uh, I, 
most times the TSA lines and actually going through security is a bit of a, an unpleasant experience. I think that uh, one time we had our, our daughter like uh, go through a pet down because she's in a wheelchair and she was like shocked that someone would touch her between her legs, which is kind of like we always tell her it's a private area. And she was like outraged. And uh, it's kind of like <laughs> those little things that uh, uh, can be maybe self-explanatory for us as adults but for our children it's it's a bit uh, a bit more of a scare the whole uh, situation so um tsa one thing the other thing is uh, for people who need uh, accessible restrooms some airports now do have changing places restrooms thank god for little mercies so these restrooms are uh, equipped with uh, an adult changing table and a ceiling lift to lift the, the person from their wheelchair to the toilet and from the toilet to the changing table, etc. However, most of them are code protected. So if you reach the airport and you run to that bathroom after a few hours of a flight, you might find yourself in a position that you cannot really enter the restroom. You start asking random people and workers of the airport. Nobody knows. They are kind of like um, not very helpful and you're struggling because you need to use the bathroom. So what uh, I would recommend is contacting the airports in which you are going to have transfers or uh, landing or takeoffs and asking in advance what is the code for the uh, um, changing places restrooms and in addition whether you uh, are going to push your child in a manual wheelchair a pediatric wheelchair or really use a wheelchair that belongs to the uh, airport i would in both cases book a, an airport help for people with disabilities because those people a you get another pair of hands to help you, whether it's with the pushing the wheelchair or the luggage or finding your way around the airport. Those people really know the airport very well. So if you do have to transfer from one uh, airline to another, they would know the quickest, fastest way. They would also be able to help you find that uh, wheelchair accessible restroom and uh, the places that you might want to be uh, stopping it to buy a healthy snack or something like that. I think that uh, every bit of help is important on uh, travel. So book those uh, services in advance and you won't regret it. And you're reminding me that this goes for a lot of these tips are really just for children, having children in the first place, but it can all, you know, if a child has additional needs, you really want to make sure that you're prepared for all this. And you're reminding me that during the TSA journey, um, it is really important, as, as we know, in the United States, we're still taking our shoes off when we have to go through the the, uh, the line. So it's very important that you have shoes for your child that are very easy to take off and put back on. And the same for you. Make sure you're either wearing clogs or flip-flops, whatever it is. You don't want to have like Doc Martin boots that, that lace all the way up and it takes forever to, to take them off. It's very important that you can get through that process as quickly as possible. Uh, don't wear belts. You know, these again are tips for anybody who's traveling because it takes longer. 
but uh, you know, I've been a belt wearer for a long time and I finally started remembering when I travel not to wear a belt because they make you take it off and it takes more time. Uh, jewelry, you know, big jewelry, anything that, that is metal, you really wanna try to plan not to have that on because it'll take longer. Um, and what you said, Iris, about, you know, contacting the airport ahead of time, if you have a, a person in your party who has a disability, this could be something really fun. And this is a great time to pull the disability card because you can get on one of those little carts and it could be really fun for the kids to travel through quickly through the airport because you might have a child who uh, does not want to walk or, you know, kind of collapses and you're kind of stuck. Uh, if they're having a meltdown to, you know, you might miss your flight because they might, you know, start, start having certain behaviors that, that slow you down, uh, you might want to contact the airport ahead of time, say, you know, I have someone with a, with a disability. Can we get one of those wheel, you know, the little golf carts that take us through the airport? And that can be used as leverage with the child, if possible, if your child responds to that, letting them know that if you're, you know, if we keep it together and if we can get through this part of the journey, that we're going to be able to go on the, on the golf cart. So it can be used as kind of a reward. So that's something else. Yeah. And you reminded me two other things regarding the TSA lines. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, we used to travel with, uh, or we still do with like pre-packed uh, baby food because that's easy to, to feed. We once had a very unfortunate uh, incident where our daughter choked on a tiny piece of apple in a flight. And you cannot call 911 when you're in a flight. It was like one of the scariest moments of my life. And luckily, uh, you know, all, all is well, but uh, I don't wish it on anyone. So we are traveling with the pre-packed baby food so she can uh, consume that. However, as you know, liquids are no longer allowed on air, airport uh, airlines and flights and uh, Basically, we have to bring a doctor's note because they, uh, there were a couple of times that we were not prepared and uh, they just confiscated that food. So I, I recommend that you uh, stop at your pediatrician ahead of time and let uh, the uh, TSA people know that this is a child with a disability and they need such and such food slash medication slash liquid uh, nutrition, whatever it is that you'll be carrying with you to the plane and on the flight. And then uh, for those of you who did not manage to contact TSA in advance, I also recommend maybe handing the first TSA person you meet in the lines a note and saying, hello, I'm traveling with a child with such and such, a, a, I don't know, behavioral issue or an anxiety or whatever it is. Please, uh, if uh, you can let the supervisor know and if you can help me go through this line successfully or something like that. I think that usually when you hand a personal note like that to um, one of the employees, they're prone to really want to help and accommodate. Uh, the, the whole uh, situation at TSA, I think, is stressful just because there are always people in the line that in, are in a rush to get to a connecting flight that are in a rush because uh, they weren't planning for such long lines. So I also recommend to families to really consider the time allocation that uh, uh, their specific family needs. Uh, for example, our bathroom stops are very long and time consuming. 
Uh, usually it's a process that is so difficult and tiring that both my husband and I are totally sweating and like, <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, that was a half an hour of acrobatics here. So um, consider your situation. And if uh, it was uh, our family, for example, we would much rather the acrobatic scene in the airport bathroom rather than on the plane. The plane bathrooms are really, really a torture for anyone with a mobility impairment. They're tiny. It's even, I think, uncomfortable for a typical user. But in our situation, yes, we would rather struggle for half an hour in the airport than just block the, the bathroom on the plane for, for an hour in which nobody ends up clean or happy afterwards. So that's my take about the airport again. Yeah, and it's also, uh, you know, talking about planning to not have your child eat something or anyone for that matter, that might be uh, upsetting their stomach in any way the next day. So stay away from like three day old sushi before you go on your trip. Um, you might not want to drink copious amounts of liquids before you, you leave. Just planning, you know, knowing your child and yourself because you might have to disappear into the bathroom if you, um, you know, were partying hard the night before and, uh, you know, there are consequences to that. <laughs> so just, you know, be mindful of what you're doing even the day or two before you get on the plane. Um, something else that I wanted to mention was, um, you know, some people give their child medication before, like a Benadryl, uh, to make them a little mellower or, you know, a little sleepy. Be very cautious with that because um, it can backfire and something like Benadryl can have the opposite effect where you're child or your baby can um, be very upset and hysterical from the Benadryl. So really be cautious about giving medication to do that if you even if you're really concerned uh, about what their behavior might be like on a plane. Yeah. And uh, talking about that, one of the things that my kids uh, really don't like about uh, air travel is the pressure, ear pressure uh, in uh, takeoff and landing. So um, something that I always have, and I calculate the numbers, how many connecting flights do we have? How many kids are on the plane? And then times the takeoff and landing. So I accumulate sometimes bags of lollipops that I bring with me. And those can be like the vitamin C sugar-free version. But uh, as the plane starts running and, uh, you know, on, on the... Uh, takeoff lane, then I open those and I let them suck on it. Uh, so during the time that the plane is actually changing pressure dramatically, they have something in their mouth and the, the action of swallowing is supposedly helping with that. Uh, chewing gums will do the same trick. Mm -hmm. And in cases of emergency, I also have uh, eardrops with me. And you can also ask the pediatrician while you're there asking for the <laughs> a food uh, permission then to ask for some an analgetic uh, is that the word for it um, eardrops to oh. yeah uh how do you call it like the, the the ones that kind of numb the ear uh, oh analgesic i don't know how you say it in english whatever know. people understood my meaning and uh that's that's another uh, trick that we use and then finally, I want to add on to something you mentioned, Alma, and that's like uh, bringing activities with you on the plane. 
So for that, because we really traveled so many long, long flights with our kids, one of the things that uh, I do that is good for kids with disabilities and kids in general is to pre-wrap things in a gift wrap with lots of tape. So it takes a lot of time for the kids <laughs> to open the gifts. And sometimes the gifts are not really gifts. It's toys that they have from home, but they're happy to meet <laughs> that bunny rabbit yet again on the plane. So um, things like that uh, might be uh, both an interesting activity. And uh, one of the things that I like to buy at uh, the dollar store or Target are those like gel stickers that you can put on the uh, food tray, peel them on and off. And uh, it's a, um, a sensory a friendly game. You can also stick those on the um, airplane window and they peel off easily and they can decorate here, decorate there, etc. And uh, by the end of the flight, you just dump it all and you have another set already pre-wrapped for the flight back home. So uh, little things like that would keep your kids occupied. Do not trust the airline for their, uh, I guess, audiovisual system because the most horrific experience is being on a 15 hour flight and finding out that your seat, the video doesn't work and you have a child who you need to entertain for so many hours. So do bring electronics with you. If you have an iPad or an, a, an extra phone, dedicate it specifically for your child and make sure you have a an good working headset and they can be kind of occupied with that for as long as humanly possible. Yes, the headset is very important. I myself often forget to bring my ear my earbuds for that and with the with the adapter that mm -hmm. that can go into the into the plane um, system. And last but not least for me, um, just like everything with disabilities, if it's possible for your child to convey this to you, Ask them, nothing for them without them. So ask them what would make your plane ride, you know, more pleasant? What would you like to bring? So ask them and then, you know, you, you might not be able to accommodate everything they're asking for, but if there is a particular stuffed animal or a particular game, or you can save a special movie that they wanted to watch before, save that for the plane ride so that they're looking forward to it. But ask them um, if they can communicate that to you. That's that's even better. Awesome. Uh, Alma, thank you so very much for joining me on this lovely episode. And okay. uh, I'm happy to be back and I don't need to deal with airports anytime soon. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, happy to be chatting with you again, like normal good old I days. I know, I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you everyone for listening. If you do have more tricks and tips that you can share with other parents, please comment and let us know so we can share your wisdom with our other listeners and other families. I know it's a stressful thing to travel internationally and domestic with our kids sometimes, but it's doable. So have yeah. fun during your holiday season and enjoy your family travel. Uh, Alma, anything to add? That's it. Thank you, Iris, as always. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.